Hello and welcome to Newsmax Daily for Wednesday, 8-23-23, right smack in the middle of another incredible week of news. We are living through history. And today is hashtag National Cuban Sandwich Day. And there is a lot of history associated with the Cuban sandwich, which most people think of as originating from Cuba, obviously, which it is connected to, of course. But the Cuban sandwich that we all know today with ham, pork, Genoa salami, and Swiss cheese actually originates from the Ybor City neighborhood of Tampa, Florida also known as Cigar City. Settled by Cuban and Italian immigrants in the late 1880s, history says, and this is pretty cool, that the Italian bricklayers, which, by the way, my immigrant grandfather was, but in New York, not in Tampa, but that they started adding the salami to their Cuban sandwiches and then placing a hot brick on it to press it down and help melt the cheese and make it taste better, you know, jam it all together. That's where the pressing of the sandwich came from, Italian bricklayers putting hot bricks on it. If you ever visit Tampa, by the way, or any area near Tampa, Florida, I would highly encourage you to take in the history and the culture of Ybor City, especially if you like cigars. It is a really, really cool little place. Today is also Cheap Flight Day, the day experts say to begin booking your fall and holiday flights. Personally, I have not seen any cheap flights anywhere, but booking early is almost always beneficial unless, you know, you have the courage to wait to the very last minute, then you might get a deal as well. It's also a big day for politics in America, as you know, with the first GOP presidential primary debate of the 2024 presidential election happening tonight, and the party's dominant frontrunner, is hosting his own event, counter to the network debate on the eve of his arrest or booking for election interference in the previous presidential election as the president of the United States. You couldn't even make this up for a movie. It's incredible. It's fascinating. It's sad all at the same time. Eric Bowling discusses it with former Fox News host Megyn Kelly. I think Fox is in trouble. I mean, I think Fox is going to have a real snooze on their hands tomorrow night without Trump. I mean, it just feels like a lot of people vying for second place. Who watches a a second place football game? Well, I think it's going to feel a lot like 2012. You know, I mean, it's like before we had Trump, we had to do this with regular candidates who weren't that exciting to watch and wanted to talk about policy. And, you know, some people would prefer that. But there's a reason the ratings shot up to 25 million when Trump appeared at that first Fox News debate back in August of 2015. He, he Say what you will about Trump. You cannot argue the guy's a ratings machine. I mean, there's proof positive of it in every corner. So without him, I think they'll suffer. I think they'll be boosted somewhat by the fact that those people on the stage are going to be talking a lot about, guess who? Donald Trump. And he's interesting to talk about even if he's not there. So that'll be somewhat of a boon to them. It would be worse if he were not even in this race ratings wise. Um, But this is definitely a middle finger by Trump to Fox News and Fox Business, which have the first two debates. And he's said uh, he doesn't think that they've treated him very fairly and he doesn't want to go. And why should he boost their ratings? And the fact that he's going to do a sit down with Tucker during the debate that's going to air during the debate is a double, as we call it, the double barrel 
uh, Eric, because, of course, Fox screwed over Eric. And so both of these guys who feel like they were kind of dumped on by Fox News are doing some dumping of their own. Yeah. Um, is the middle finger to the management, do you think? Or do you think it's to Brett, uh, specifically Brett? I mean, Brett had that sit down with him a couple of maybe a month and a half ago or so. And he, Trump, I know I, I interviewed Trump a week ago, a week and a half ago. He was ticked off at Brett Baer. Do you think it's at the host, the moderators or the whole I think it's the whole the whole thing, because I think he's got some people he likes on Fox, but he thinks they've been unfair to him. It, can anyone deny that Trump has been I mean, that Fox has been in the bag for DeSantis for the past year? It's obvious to anybody who's turned on the channel for two minutes. And so why shouldn't he be angry? I'd be ticked off, too. The only reason they're now giving Trump any sort of fair shake is because he bent them to his will. He you know, he's 46 points up. Fox News has no existence if he becomes the nominee and they continue this, right? They'll lose every single one of their viewers. So they know that they're going to need to get on board a little bit more than they have been with their coverage. Megan Kelly on the balance with Eric Bowling. That's weeknights at 8 o'clock on Newsmax, 8 o'clock Eastern. Eight of the candidates confirmed by the Republican National Committee to be on stage in Milwaukee are Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former South Carolina Governor and U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, former Vice President Mike Pence, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. Oh, and former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson. Rounding out the eight. I will be interested to see, among other things, how and if Nikki Haley sets herself apart and attempts to gain the female vote as the only female in the group. And I've said this before, early on, as if we're not early on now, but months ago, or even before Nikki Haley announced, I was anticipating that perhaps Trump would name Nikki Haley as his running mate. I thought that would be a fantastic ticket. But Nikki Haley, you know, has basically made her campaign an anti-Trump or alternative to Trump campaign. So I don't know how they can join forces. But, you know, crazier things have happened in politics. Also, back in the very beginning of the year when I was still working at WBT Radio in Charlotte, Mick Mulvaney, the former Trump chief of staffer, who is also a former South Carolina congressman and still lives in South Carolina, told me in studio face to face that he didn't think Nikki Haley was really too smart to be polite. Some of the candidates that didn't make the cut for the debate are criticizing the RNC's requirements. Radio host Larry Elder said on Tuesday that he's going to sue the committee for disqualifying his participation, saying, for one, the RNC did not accept the results of Rasmussen polls as qualifying towards the debate requirements. For a preview, we go back to Eric Bowling, who spoke with former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. I got two envelopes here. Governor, I got the hard questions, debate prep, or the easy ones. Which one do you want? Hard. Hard. Okay, I figured you would. That's why I put the questions here. All right, ready? Being, Let's start. Here we go. President, being president isn't easy. So, it's Eric, not being easy. Being president isn't easy. It's not so easy. So you get the hard questions. Okay, let's start with a hard one. Was January 6th the protest, or was it a threat to our democracy? January 6th by the actions of the people up on Capitol Hill turned out to be a violent protest. And Donald Trump's actions were a threat to democracy that day. And so, you know, the actions by our leadership were uncalled for. 
He lied to the people on the ellipse that day, told them the election was stolen when it was not, told them that Mike Pence could reverse the election results when he could not, told them he was going to march up with them to Capitol Hill, and he did not. Um, and so the threat to our democracy was by Donald Trump uh, lying to folks. Uh, and what happened up there was a protest that turned violent. Mm. And you don't think it was a little overblown by the prosecutors and maybe we didn't really get the whole story by Nancy Pelosi. Let me move on like we're in a debate. Do we have a two tiered justice system with the department, current Department of Justice? Unfortunately, the current leadership of the Justice Department is showing that we do. Um, you know, what happened with Hunter Biden, and you'll remember, because I said it on your program, weeks before uh, the plea was thrown out, I said it was going to be thrown out because it was so ridiculously one-sided that no judge would approve it. Now, that shows you that the judicial system still works because a judge, even in the small little state of Delaware, looked at that and said, no chance. Former New Jersey governor and GOP presidential hopeful Chris Christie on the balance with Eric Bowling. Good stuff there. Was Jan January 6th, a protest or a real threat to democracy and the DOJ. Two almost certain topics for the debate tonight. And you know, the opportunity to debate can make or break a candidate. We get more from Newsmax's Wendy Bell. Debating is what we do in a country that cherishes free speech. We kick around ideas. We question narratives. We work together to try to find best solutions. At least that's the way it's supposed to work. And debating in the political world can make or break anyone, especially when the presidency is at stake. Ronald Reagan was among the best on stage. He was quick, he was witty, he was charming. Even back in 1984, when talk of him being too old for re-election at 73 led to this. I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes my opponent's youth and inexperience. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Four years later, Mike Dukakis watched his presidential hopes implode when Bernard Shaw asked him a hypothetical question about his wife. Governor, if Kitty Dukakis were raped and murdered, would you favor an irrevocable death penalty for the killer? No, I don't, Bernard, and I think you know that I've opposed the death penalty during all of my life. Yeah, that didn't really resonate with a lot of folks. Even vice presidential debates have featured mic drop moments. Just ask Dan Quayle. Jack Kennedy was a friend of mine. Senator, you're no Jack Kennedy. Late Texas Senator Lloyd Benson with one of the most memorable debate lines of all time. But, of course, Dan Quayle was vice president under George H.W. Bush from 89 to 93. By the way, be sure to check out Wendy Bell's show Common Sense on Sunday afternoons. And who, if anyone, will deliver one of those zingers tonight? And who... If anyone will be watching it live, because Donald Trump, who leads by 30 to 45 points in various polls, will be on some platform or multiple platforms, likely X, with Tucker Carlson. Again, more history being made. And tomorrow, the former president is expected to turn himself in to the Fulton County Jail in Georgia on multiple charges of election interference. A jail, by the way, that's under investigation since seven people died there inside since this year. 
Uh, well, I think it's uh, it's a travesty. It's a travesty what's happening. This is a persecution of President Trump and and people who support him, people who are America first. It saddens me that our country has come to this, that Joe Biden has uh, used his political power to take our federal government, our government, and weaponize it against his running, the person he's running against. It's obviously election interference. President Trump says that all the time. There's no other way to define it. It's election interference. It is pure corruption. And I hope that the people out there watching, Bianca, will ask themselves why. Why for eight years has the swamp been trying to bring down President Trump? Why have they put witch hunt after witch hunt after witch hunt out trying to bring him down? You need to ask yourself that question. It's because he's the one man who's exposing the corruption, ready to root it out and return our government to we the people, which is how our founders set up this great country. And the corrupt people, the uniparty, Democrats, even some Republicans in that uniparty, they really like the corrupt system, the way it operates. They don't want the system to come down. But President Trump wants to get in there and restore our government to we the people. That's former Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake on Newsmax with host Bianca De La Garza, who also highlighted President Biden's Maui comments as we discussed yesterday. Like, make a long happened? story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette. <laughs> And my cat. I mean, it's disgraceful. Um, this is the president who, uh, you know, obviously you can't spend more than a few hours there, like I said. But also we have at this hour hundreds of people unaccounted for. Many of them will be children. He's up there making jokes. I mean, uh, just to see the the, the comments and your reaction to that and, and what people in Maui must be thinking. I know some of them had some pretty choice, uh, choice comments from him. He appeared to fall asleep at one point as well. Oh, I mean, when you watch him, you feel like you're in a nursing home watching an, an elderly great great uncle or, or grandfather who has serious dementia. This isn't these stories don't even they're so inappropriate. The the struggle, the strife, the level of destruction that is coming out of Maui. Every time I see video of what those people endured, I am moved to tears. And that he couldn't muster up even the appropriate tone to be around these people who are struggling. It is absolutely despicable. Possible Arizona Senate candidate and possible vice presidential candidate, Carrie Lake of Arizona on Newsline. That's weekdays at noon Eastern on Newsmax. The other day I reported the disturbing news that the Biden administration is considering a plea deal for the so-called Gitmo Five. Those are five 9-11 terrorists being held at Guantanamo Bay since 2003. More from Greta Van Susteren. Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, a Pakistani extremist terrorist, is one of those five. He's been held in Gitmo since 2006. In 2004, the government's 9-11 Commission report referred to Sheikh Mohammed as, quote, the principal architect of the 9-11 attacks. Earlier this month, the Pentagon and FBI sent letters to the families of 9-11 victims with an update. The Department of Justice is considering offering the five men, now known as the Gitmo Five, plea deals. According to the letter, the group would, quote, accept criminal responsibility for their actions and plead guilty in exchange for not receiving the death penalty, end of quote. 
Prosecution of the Gitmo Five has been repeatedly delayed over legal disputes, particularly over the use of torture that the men initially experienced while in CIA custody. Thousands of family members who lost loved ones in the 9-11 attacks are urging President Joe Biden not to offer the Five any plea agreement. Some family members believe the government wants to avoid a public trial since it may reveal U.S. intelligence failures and Saudi government involvement in the attacks. Brett Eagleson was only 15 years old when he lost his father in the 9-11 terrorist attacks. He now heads 9-11 Justice, a grassroots movement that advocates for victims' family. Brett Eagleson joins me now. Nice to talk to you, Brett. Thank you for having me, Greta. Brett, I want to first start with the question is, tell me, um, what was your father like? My father was a great, great dad. He uh, had a busy work life. He had a busy schedule, but he always took time out of his day to um, be a coach. He coached me in uh, baseball, football, and basketball, and coached my two other brothers as well. We loved to do things outdoors together, like fishing and play golf. So uh, he was a great father and a role model for me, as I'm as I'm a relatively new father. Uh, I have a daughter that's three and a son that's one. Now let me turn to this uh, letter from the Pentagon, the Department of Justice, and the idea uh, of uh, this plea deal with the Gitmo Five. What are your thoughts on this? It's very sickening. It's very disturbing. I haven't been sleeping well. Um, a lot of family members have been reaching out to me saying, what can we do? Um, uh, and unfortunately, I don't, I don't have many answers for them. What can we do when, um, you know, the intelligence agencies of this country ignore a presidential executive order? What can we do when prior presidents have, have invoked the state secrets principle on us? What can we do when, when there's, it seems like there's nothing we can do to get to the real truth behind this? And now our government has gone to the extent of offering plea deals to these terrorists 22 years later to avoid having a public trial, to avoid them from spilling the beans on everything they know about the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11. Look, we have fought tooth and nail for 22 years to get the very little bit of information that we have from the federal government. Every piece of information that we've gotten to date, the finger points directly back to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Powerful and emotional words from Brett Eagleson, president of 9-11 Justice and the son of a 9-11 victim. His dad, one of many heroes that day that lost his life trying to help others. If you didn't hear my report the other day, as Greta mentioned, the Pentagon sent letters to victims' families letting them know that there may be a plea deal for five 9-11 terrorists. One said to be the mastermind of the plot. Sickening and disgraceful is an understatement. This is something to definitely keep an eye on. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden and the First Lady continue their vacation in beautiful Lake Tahoe today. Joe has no events on the presidential calendar. And in Texas, attorneys for the state and the federal government have argued their case for and against those floating barriers intended to prevent illegal crossings of the U.S.-Mexico border in southwest Texas and whether Governor Greg Abbott needed federal authorization to put in those floating barriers. Attorneys for the state say the governor was within his rights to defend against what he called an invasion of drug cartels. The State Department says the buoys threaten the relationship between the United States and Mexico. The judge said he isn't interested in any of the politics of the matter, saying, quote, this is a United States District Court. It is not Congress. 
All right, make sure you get the Newsmax app downloaded on your smartphone if you don't already have it. This way you can watch your favorite Newsmax shows anywhere, anytime, and stay up to date with the amazing news cycle that we're in now. Well, it's really never changes. I'm Tony Marino. Thank you for listening to Newsmax Daily. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday and keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.